turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. So you beat a guy like that by drawing him in with three things. Distraction. Whoa, 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 what is happening? Diversion. Division. Then you put him on display for the whole world to see. Welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the A-Team movie from, I don't know, five, six years ago. Uh, you know what? That's, this, is how you, this is how you beat a guy like that. Distraction, division, and diversion. And then you put him on display for the whole world to see. It's got a lot of good, a lot of good lines in that movie, and it's uh, quite entertaining for someone who never watched the A-Team uh, uh, TV show, and then that song was America from uh, Imagine Dragons. Someone, somebody brought the Imagine Dragons up in a conversation. I go, I have one song of Imagine Dragons on my iTunes, and it's America. I haven't heard that for a while. Let's play that one today. All right. So anyway, uh, I just thought I thought everything we're seeing, everything we're seeing in the news today, distraction, division, and diversion. I think that that is a the Democrats. Most most uh, skill the, the their most skillful uh, uh, tool in their in their uh, in their toolbox there, and they're using it to put a whole different whole different spin on what's going on in America, what's going on, what's going not what's going on in America, but what's going on in politics, and uh, and I just say, hey, you know what? We have to we have to look at it with our eyes open, and hopefully hopefully the country is uh, is watching this and going. You gotta be kidding! 
you know, because it's it's just a it's just a, a circus out there. So anyway, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on this week and uh, and my and my opinion of it. So uh, so you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I think everybody's entitled to mine. So, uh, but before I do, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and I will tell you those fantastic opportunities are low, low interest rates. Interest rates are really good. They're really good right now, probably uh, as good as uh, 2017 when we thought they were the lowest. And uh, they're probably there and maybe going lower. Um, but if you if you own real estate and you want to consider refinancing them, call me. If you're thinking about buying real estate, your money uh, your money goes farther. You'll qualify for more more house with the same payment while the interest rates are low. So if you're thinking, yeah, I think I'll wait till next summer, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But if you need, but if you want to get more information, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One last time, day or night, toll free. Area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. I talked to. Uh, one guy um, a week or two ago, and he was surprised that I actually uh, he called in and asked and said, "Hey, I heard uh, I heard Ed on the radio. I want to get some information and see if we could do this kind of a loan." And uh, he was surprised when I actually picked up the phone. I will tell you, I'm a real person, but I'm only one person, so I have a team of guys. So if you can't if you can't get me, sometimes we'll just pass you over to one of one of my talented teammates. Eric Marquez, Aaron Fredericks, Brian Goodman, Cody Bradbury, and uh, we'll help you uh, together. And and I, we all work on them together. So even if you don't talk to me the first time, doesn't mean I'm not going to call you and, and talk to you about this stuff. And uh, but uh, we all work on it together, and we are real people, and uh, and we help people get what's the best for them. Uh, if you want to talk to me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can go to edhoffman.net. Scroll down. There's a Summit Funding logo on there. Click on that. Take you to our 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 lending page, which you can put in all your information as much as you want me to have, and tell us how much information you want get that you want back, and we'll get back to you by email or by text or by we'll call you or we'll you know whatever however you want to be uh, contacted, and we'll help you uh, find the missing piece pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. So uh, also, if you hear something on the radio you want repeated. Or you go, hey, but, well, did Ed just say what I thought he said? Or, uh, hey, my wife needs to hear this. Um, you can get the, the podcast on edhoffman.net as well. Just go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, and you got this show as well as, as, well as several past shows um, that you can uh, download and uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, and you can uh, subscribe for free there where they'll actually download to your uh, your phone or your computer, or your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, your whatever, whatever you listen to, I, to podcasts on and uh, hear them, hear them. Uh, and I don't know how many past shows they have on those, but I think it's a lot. Um, but specifically, the the current show is there uh, every week. So uh, you can listen to that. If you want to follow me on uh, Twitter, uh, Ed Hoffman, dot, uh, Ed, at Ed Hoffman, no numbers, just at Ed Hoffman. Um, and I, and I tweet pretty regularly during the week about current events in uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. So if you want to uh, follow the, the show on that, let me plug a, a event coming up, uh, October 27th. There's a fundraiser and a car show and a fundraiser, uh, for the family of the highway patrol officer, Andre Moya, who was killed in August by a driver who uh, stopped on the 215. Um, the shooter, Aaron Luther, was a member of an outlaw motorcycle gang and had already done 10 years 
uh, 10 years for murder before or for attempted murder, I think it was. Um, the fundraiser will be a car show at the uh, American Legion Post seventy nine. I think the actual I think the actual show is in Fairmont Park, but I'll get to I'll get the flyer up on my on edhoffman.net and uh, come out and support uh, support these guys. It's put on by the American Legion Post seventy nine, and uh, it's for the benefit of Andre Moya's family, and uh, who was a who was fr- from all reports I've heard was a really great guy. And he went to school right near my house, um, probably a long time ago. But uh, he was uh, too young to get cut down and by a guy who should never have been out of jail. You know, our uh, our California voters are not the sharpest tools in the shed. They're not the uh, the you know when uh, when when uh, God was passing out brains, people in California said trains. Sure, uh, no, I'll I'll drive. I'll drive. We don't need trains. So. Uh, um, you know, we pass all these laws, pass all these propositions every year, and uh, you know, one of them was, "Hey, we're having a, we're having a overcrowding in our in our jails. We're we're run out of jail space for bad guys. So instead of building more jails, we just let we just let bad guys out, and then we get surprised when when nice people get killed or nice people get robbed or nice people get raped, and uh, by these guys that should never have been out of jail. Anyway, that's my that's my take on it." Welcome to it. So let's talk about what's going on uh, going on in America this uh, this week. So one week after becoming the uh, self-appointed leader of the impe- impeachment inquiry of President Trump, based on a simple phone call to Ukrainian President Zelensky, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff is facing questions about his own shifty connections, connections to the whistleblower and to the country of Ukraine itself. Let's start with the uh, new revelation that Schiff knew about the whistleblower complaint before it was actually filed. So as it turns out, the whistleblower, someone who heard something, reached out to a CIA officer who then talked to a CIA's top lawyer who then approached the House Intelligence Committee aide about his concerns over the phone call. This is why, why we keep hearing about the complaint being second and third hand because the person who heard it, the person who brought it up said she, he or she heard about it Said it to the CIA's to the CIA officer, who then talked to the lawyer. And by the time it got out there, it's you know it's not even the not even the same person that heard anything uh, making the complaint. The House staff member then advised the officer, the House staff member, so someone who's who's part of the intelligence committee, um, probably Adam Schiff, then advised the officer to find a lawyer and meet with the inspector general to find to file a whistle whistleblower complaint. And of course, that aide shared this information with the committee chairman, Adam Schiff. Someone, someone the New York Times only identifies as an official, claims that the aide did not share the whistleblower's identity with Schiff. Yeah, right. Okay, so Adam Schiff is all over TVs this week talking about Trump, but when it comes to owning up to his own actions, he's hiding behind this spokesman. In a statement to Fox News, Democratic Chairman Adam Schiff's spokesman confirmed, quote, the whistleblower contacted the committee for guidance on how to report possible wrongdoing within the jurisdiction of the intelligence community. Schiff's office deflected Fox's questions on timing, whether the whistleblower contact occurred days or weeks before the complaint was declassified, adding, quote, at no point did the committee review or receive the complaint in advance. Chairman Schiff does not know the identity of the whistleblower and has not met with or spoken with the whistleblower or their counsel are we really supposed to believe that adam schiff shifty adam schiff didn't try to find out the identity of the whistleblower beforehand 
Meanwhile, he has some some kind of nerve saying things like this. They are trying to conceal facts that would corroborate the allegations. And we're not fooling around here, though. Uh, We don't uh, want this to drag on, even as they try to undermine our ability to find the facts around the president's effort to coerce a foreign leader to create uh, dirt that he can use against a political opponent, um, that they will be strengthening the case on obstruction. Yeah, so they're trying to hide stuff. They released the the transcripts of the actual of the actual phone phone uh, call. So hey, you know what? They're trying to they're trying to to cover up things and keep people from getting the facts. Uh, I don't think releasing the transcript. And apparently, when uh, the president's on the phone with uh, foreign leaders, there's like three or four people listening and transcribing as fast as they can, and then they get then they get the four notes, the four notes, uh, four sets of notes, and they compile a compile a uh, this is the transcript because these are the things that everybody agreed on and they uh and they compile those transcripts and they keep them on record um trump released them they didn't want they didn't want trump to release them because it doesn't sound like it's anything you know he looks like he's concerned about uh uh corruption and not as he should be i mean that that's what we sent him to washington dc for is drain the swamp get rid of all this stuff why are the democrats so so uh so mad and so crazy about focusing on getting rid of Trump because he threatens their way of life. He threatens, he threatens all the little money trees that are growing out there that people are, are skimming money from uh, taxpayers that should go to other places. They're skimming and diverting it to their, Hey, let's divert this to as aid to Ukraine. And we'll just, and the Ukrainian, the Ukrainians in exchange for all this are going to kick back a, a billion dollars to us or a million and a half dollars or Fifty thousand a month, or eighty-three thousand dollars a month. They're going to kick this back, and we're just going to divert it somewhere, somewhere over here. We're going to we're going to have it uh, diverted over to the Clinton Foundation, so it looks like it's a charitable contribution. And then we'll just put uh, this other uh, this other company that's doing some uh, some consulting for them, and they pay that out as part of their part of their costs. And guess what? Bill Clinton gets the money. Uh, so that's, that's how the Clintons did it. And apparently this is how, uh, Biden has, has done it. Um, why are the comments about creating dirt on political opponents from a foreign government? So laughable coming from Adam Schiff, because this is the same guy who fell for this prank last year, two Russian comedians pranking him into believing, uh, Putin's goddaughter had a compromat on Trump. She got uh, compromising materials on Trump after their uh, short relations. Okay. And, and what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so Putin was made aware uh, of the, the availability of the compromising material? Yes, of course, uh, Buzova shared those materials with uh, Sobchak, and Sobchak shares those materials with uh, Putin, because she's a goddaughter of Putin, and Putin decided to press on Trump. Um, and, uh, and the materials that you can provide to the committee or to the FBI, uh, would they corroborate this allegation? Sure, of course. Uh, when they were in Ukraine, we got their conversation by the phone where they discussed those uh, compromising materials. We are ready to provide it to FBI. 
So you, you have recordings of both Sovchek and Buseva, uh where they're discussing the compromising material on uh, Mr. Trump? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you're you're not supposed to talk to them, those people and get the information. Uh, you know, they criticize Trump that, you know, if somebody from foreign uh, from a foreign country called that uh, he would listen to it first. You're not supposed to listen to it without talking to the FBI. I'll listen to it first and see if it's see if it if it's in anything. And they they criticize him. He would listen to the phone call. Sounds like uh, Adam Shifty Shift did the same thing. Next, we find out Shift's own connections to a Soviet born businessman. Who was, ra- who was raising money for his campaign and whose company has received lucrative defense contracts from Ukraine's government. That man is Sol Igor Pasternak, founder and CEO of Worldwide Eros Corporation, a government contractor that worked with the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense to produce a modified version of the M4 and M16 rifles. Guess who Pasternak hosted a Washington, D.C. fundraiser for in 2013? You guessed it, Shifty Adam Schiff. And what do you know, or as Joe Biden would say? Oh, son of a b-. So uh, after the fundraiser, uh, guess who, who quickly came to embrace a strong stance in support of the United States sending military aid to Ukraine during its conflict with Russia? Uh, Shifty Adam Schiff. So you know what? Think about this. Think about this. So this guy who has a, foreign, who has a Russian company uh, building, building uh, uh, weapons, all of a sudden, uh, he's supporting Adam Schiff, and all of a sudden, Schiff starts pressing for the for United States to support Ukraine with military aid, and uh, and all of a sudden, this company, the this guy's company, starts getting money to produce weapons for Ukraine from the United States. Do you wonder why uh, Trump makes comments like, "Hey, you know what? This is why all these countries have been." taking advantage of us and nobody's done anything about it because these other con- these other countries are taking advantage of all these things and they're paying off the the politicians to just stay quiet about it. So uh you know what uh hey we want to get uh we want to get a bunch of aid so uh Biden comes over and says uh hey you want this uh 1.6 billion dollars um we need this guy Stop in, stop investigating uh, my kid's company, and uh, oh, by the way, uh, walk away with not fifty thousand, but eighty-three thousand, as we find out later. Here's the president on Schiff this week, reminding us how Schiff is more than a hypocrite; he's a liar who wasn't above making up the entire phone call in a committee last week. If you remember, I played the the tape of Schiff actually paraphrasing and say, "Oh, this is what it is, and this is what he was really saying." And making it up like it's some kind of a mafia boss. Here's what uh, Trump had to say on that. Not a thing wrong, unless you heard the Adam Schiff version where he made up my conversation. He actually made it up. It should be criminal. It should be treasonous. He made it up, every word of it made up, and read to Congress as though I said it. And I'll tell you what, he should be forced to resign from Congress. Adam Schiff, he's a lowlife. He should be forced to resign. Yeah, he should be because he is a lowlife. And uh, uh, I don't know why you guys in Burbank, Glendale, keep voting for this guy. And uh, maybe maybe California will wake up someday. But let's not forget that the story is about Joe Biden, vice president of the United States, taking his son to China, coming back 
$1.5 billion richer. Also sitting on the board of a Ukrainian gas company that paid him not $50,000 a month like we thought, but it's $83,000 a month. And his daddy shared in the profits. Here's Peter Schweitzer, who wrote the book Clinton Cash, also wrote a book called uh, Secret Empires, uh, telling what he knows. Joe Biden as vice president or his wife, Jill Biden, can't take payments from foreign entities. That would have to be disclosed. Uh, that would be easy to catch. Uh, but you set up your adult kids. And in the case of the Bidens, Joe Biden was punt point person for the Obama administration towards two countries. China and Ukraine. And lo and behold, the two countries that Hunter Biden ends up doing the most business in overseas are China and Ukraine. By the way, Hunter Biden was being paid $83,000 a month. We know that because we have the bank records, the Morgan Stanley account that it went into. His business partner ended up in a, in a criminal trial, and we got those banking records. But does anybody seriously think if the name was Trump instead of Biden that the news anchors on Sunday morning would have the same attitude? 83000 I think that's a million dollars a year. Um, and you wonder why, you wonder why some, are, some of our state congressmen and governors uh, fly to other countries uh, to—, to uh, well, we're doing we're doing a I'm going on a business trip to uh, some other country. Why? Because they're making arrangements like this, and uh, you wonder how people go into government with not very much money, and when they come out of government, they're gazillionaires. Um, I wonder how that happens. Because you don't become a gazillionaire living on 172 thousand or even 400 thousand dollars a year. You live a nice lifestyle, but you don't you don't become a gazillionaire. Anyway, there's one more interesting thing to come out of this, but the American media has yet to report on it. As a Russian newspaper, Novaya Gazeta is reporting after Hunter Biden and his friend Devin Archer, the guy you saw in the golfing photo with uh, with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden this week, um, after they were appointed to the board of Burisma, the oligarch who appointed them, benefited too. Here's the military. Here's military consultant Douglas McGregor. But the bottom line is that the oligarch who was responsible for appointing uh, Mr. Biden to the board and his friend uh, Archer Devon, it seems that he was banned from traveling to the United States. And then magically, after the appointment to the board occurred, suddenly the ban on this man's travel to the United States was lifted. And his suspected criminal activities and shady business practices were suddenly ignored. So if you're looking for quid pro quo, it's pretty hard to argue that there wasn't a quid pro quo, at least on that level. And who would have the power to lift somebody's travel ban? Well, the only person that can is the Secretary of State, who at the time was John Kerry. And as it turns out, Kerry has a kid who got mixed up with Biden, too. Kerry's stepson, Chris Hines, who's a son of Teresa Hines, his, uh, his wife, was actually a partner with Hunter Biden and his firm, Rosemont Seneca. But when Hunter took the cushy board position with Burisma, because the former president of Poland suggested it, by the way, Chris Hines decided that was way too much for him. As the Daily Mail reports this week, this is when Hines decided to end his business relationship with Hunter Biden. Hmm, the people close to him know he's dirty. Hines' spokes spokesperson told the newspaper that the lack of judgment in this matter was a major catalyst for Mr. Hines ending his business relationships with Mr. Archer and Mr. Biden. Uh, I guess Kerry's stepson knows the truth about the Bidens just like somebody else. Look, Biden and his son are stone cold crooked, and you know it. His son walks out with millions of dollars. The kid knows nothing. You know it, and so do we. I think that's why we uh, all sent a non-politician to to the White House 
to 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 bring this stuff up and get rid of corruption. That was uh, from Trump's press conference with President of Finland, where he also talked about some of the, some ridiculous things his communication people asked him to comment on. My comms people came to me and they said, "Sir, there's a book or something being written. It's written by Washington Post people, so you know it's inaccurate. You know it's probably a fraud." So, two reporters of the Washington, and they said. President Trump started screaming, ranting and raving that on the southern border, where we are right now building a tremendous wall, it's unbelievable what's going on. Army Corps of Engineers, it's we're doing a lot. We have we'll soon have over 100 miles under construction completed. We're going to end up with 400 to 500 miles. Okay, ready that I wanted a wall, but I wanted a moat, a moat, whatever that is, not a word I used, but they used it, a moat. And in the moat. I wanted alligators and snakes, and I wanted the wall to be a fence, and I wanted to be electrified, and I wanted sharp spikes at the top, so if anyone gets it, it it goes piercing through their skin, is somewhat the way they said it, skin-piercing spikes. But I want that whole wall to be electrocuted, and... Sir, you never said that. They came to me, the comms people. They came to me yesterday, and they said, Did you say this? I said, why are you asking that stupid question? Because the fake news media is saying that you said this in a book. Never said it, never thought of it. And I actually put out something on social media today. I said, I'm tough on the border, but I'm not that tough. Okay, it was a lie. Just so you have it, you ask the question. It was a total lie. It was corrupt reporting, okay? Hey, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event, but there's lots more coming. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercial, and sports. And I'll be back again with uh, part two in five minutes. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590, The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want, or anything that you need between now and your final day on Earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, the answer. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding, and I'll talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio because I know you guys think it's boring unless you happen to be in the market for it, which a lot of, a lot of you probably should be because the rates are so low. Um, but if you're thinking about refinancing, if you're wondering about those reverse mortgage things, um, I'll tell you, we uh, saved somebody $24,000 on a uh, reverse mortgage that uh, this guy went to one of our competitors and was uh, getting uh, getting quotes on it. And he needed to bring in $78,000 to close it. And he had the money and it was a consideration, but... Um, he just wanted to get it out of, get his mortgage out of his life, not have to worry about that. And he's willing to put up some of his money. Uh, he happens to use the same tax guy. They would say, Hey, go talk to Ed Hoffman. 
And uh, we saved him $24,000 in closing because we just try to do the best thing for everybody and we're not greedy and uh, that's how it works. So, but if you want, if you need to talk about uh, real estate, buying it, refinancing it, reverse mortgage, call me toll free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020 or uh, go to edhoffman.net, click on the summit funding logo and uh, you can cyber us and we'll get back to you. So anyway, uh, we've been talking about uh, all the, uh, all the Biden, the Biden and impeachment things that are going on and all the crazy stuff that's happening that's happening uh that nobody's talking about because all they're concerned about is what trump did asking asking a a a foreign leader the president of ukraine about uh looking into some corruption that joe biden went on went on camera and bragged about he's trying to tell everybody how tough he what a tough negotiator he is and uh he just incriminated himself so uh could this guy be president i don't think so I don't think so. So somehow the Democrats are trying to convince America that all the people is that there's nothing to see here with all this Biden stuff. There's nothing to see here, but Trump committed an impeachable offense. And while their friends in the media can barely contain their excitement, Nancy Pelosi just wants America to know, to know that she's very, very sad. This is a very sad time for our country. I say this to you with great sorrow and prayerfully. Well, first, let me say that this is no cause for any joy. This is a very sad time for our country. It's really sad. We have to be very prayerful. I pray for the president all the time. This is a very sad time for our country. This is no joy in this. It's sad. We must be somber. We must be prayerful. And we must pursue the facts further. Somehow, I just don't see... Nancy Pelosi is being a Christian. She's praying for the president. I don't think that's, I just don't think that's true. Cause I think, uh, I think one of the 10 commandments was, uh, thou shall not bear false witness against your neighbors. Um, that, that in, in, in English that says thou shalt not lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Pelosi, you know, better. This is not an impeachable offense. You've got nothing. You got nothing on, on him. And while Joe Biden keeps saying he's not going anywhere, He's not exactly the front runner anymore. The latest Quinnipiac poll has Elizabeth Warren pulling pulling first with Democrats at 27%. Biden fell to 25%. But one Democrat who doesn't want Liz to win, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, apparently he sees Warren's presidency as a very bad thing for big tech. And he should, because she's uh, said she plans to break up companies like his. I'm deeply concerned right now that the space around Companies like Amazon, Facebook, Google is now referred to by venture capitalists as the kill zone. So my view is break those things apart and we will have a much more competitive, robust market in America. That's how capitalism should work. Hmm. Break those things up so we have a more robust, robust market, competitive market. Um, That's how capitalism should work. I don't think that's true because I think what she's saying is you're only allowed to be so, so much successful. You're not allowed to get any more rich than this. You're not allowed to, to work any harder than this. You're not allowed to, you know, if you, I mean, I just watch Amazon taking over the world and it just amazes me. It just amazes me that, uh, how much stuff is going on with Amazon. You know what? 
I look for stuff. I Don and I went to the movie the other day and said, and we saw a commercial. You know, they show commercials before they show the trailers, and it shows this little commercial about this guy uh, who's away at college and in his dorm room. He's cooking grilled cheese and doing and giving out and selling uh, blueberry diet cokes out out of his dorm room for late night stuff. Where all the kids are up. Hey, got grilled cheese and blueberry diet cokes. I go blueberry diet cokes. Two of my favorite flavors, Diet Coke and Blueberry. And uh, so we said, I didn't even know that stuff existed. And uh, so we stopped at a couple of convenience stores. We looked at some grocery stores. My wife looked at looked at every grocery store she, uh, she shops at for a couple of weeks. Finally, I just said, forget it. I'll just order it on Amazon. Ordered it on Amazon. Two days later, I got a case of uh, Blueberry Diet Coke. Um, am I endorsing Blueberry Diet Coke? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Takes some of the Diet Coke taste out of it and puts the blueberry in it, but I don't know that it's a, a great combo. But you know what? Amazon has everything. You don't have to shop anymore. Is that a good thing? It's a good thing for them. And because they came up with this idea, and I'm sure there's other companies that are doing it, just not as big. Um, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't say, "Hey, you can't do this anymore because you're getting too big. You're hiring too many people. You're creating too many jobs, and they shouldn't all work for you. They should work for other people that aren't as smart as you, that aren't that don't have the ideas like you did." We got to spread that around a little bit. I just don't think that's uh, that's in line with uh, with the free market. I just I think that's my opinion. And here's how we know that Zuckerberg is scared. This week, a Facebook employee leaked this audio from a meeting over the summer where Zuckerberg said he would sue the government if the pre- if President Elizabeth Warren broke up his, his company. Elizabeth Warren, who thinks that the right answer is to break up the companies, um, you know, if she gets elected president, then I would, I would bet that we will have a legal challenge, and I would bet that we will win the legal challenge. Does that still suck for us? Yeah. It's just that breaking up these companies, whether it's Facebook or Google or Amazon, um, is not actually going to solve the issues. And, you know, it doesn't make election interference uh, less likely. It makes it more likely because now the companies can't coordinate and work together. Yeah, think about, think about this. Um, Apple came out with that first iPhone in 2007. And wow, this is something different than everybody. The touch screen, the spread the pictures on you with your thumbs and your and your fingers, do all this stuff. Everything it did, and it stores this, and it has an iPod in it. So you have all your music, and you have all this stuff, and you connect with all these apps. That's the coolest thing, and it keeps getting better, 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 better every every few years. And another uh, another new iPhone with some new newer features comes out. Well, you know what? They had they had the luck on this, and then Samsung created something. They say, hey, that's a good idea. We could do that. And they stole their idea and and created the whatever they call it the uh, the Samsung uh, Galaxy. Um, so so they got so they got that. So but how come iPhone still sells more than them? Because they were the first, and that Galaxy just probably isn't as nice. I don't like it because it's a little bit bigger, and you can't even pick the thing up without pushing a button or pushing the the screen. I'd. I'm an Apple guy. So, uh, so, but just like what Amazon, what Amazon did, somebody else can do. And if they advertise it right and they market it right, it could be as big or bigger than Amazon, just like uh, Facebook. You know what? There's, there's other, uh, there's other social media stuff. Hey, if, if somebody can take his idea and stand on the shoulders of giants and take that and push it one more step, then they could be, then it, they, they don't have a monopoly. But we're just going to break him up because he's too big. He had too good of an idea. And I and 
you guys have listened to me. I am no fan of Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, Mark Zuckerberg came up with a with an idea, or somebody came up with an idea, and he jumped on it and created Facebook. That's cool, but he's no he's no uh, uh, authority on to listen to on how the country should be just because he created that. He had one good idea, quit quit college, went and pursued it and put it pushed after it. Okay, good for you. You got a gazillion dollars now. So uh, so anyway, so that's that's what I think, and I think. These guys, oh, we're going to break their company to make it more competitive. Why? If you don't have a strong idea, if you don't have a smart idea, then you don't get to, you don't get to make those kind of monies. Go get a job working for somebody else with smart ideas and you can do just as good there. So also in tech news, the Democrats candidates have spent the week aggressively fundraising in Silicon Valley. And we want to break up their companies, but first we want to get some money out of them. At least 16 events featuring six candidates or candidate spouses happened over the past week. Biden had the most fundraisers, doing three of three on his own, while his wife Jill did four, because we know how they those Bidens like to keep everything in the family. Uh, young techies of, of Silicon Valley love Pete Buttigieg, um, Buttigieg, and uh, crammed in three fundraisers as well. Cory Booker had two, and Amy Klobuchar uh, had at least one. And representing the great state of California, Senator Kamala Harris decided this was the winning talking point for her three Silicon Valley fundraisers demanding Twitter suspend Trump's account. I frankly think that based on this and all we've seen him do before, including ta- attacking members of Congress, that he frankly should be, his Twitter account should be suspended. Um, I think there is plenty of, of, of now evidence to suggest that he is irresponsible with his words in a way that could result in harm to other people. And so the privilege of using those words in that way should probably be taken from him. Yeah, that's uh. So we're we're not only going to crush capitalism, we're going to crush freedom of speech. Well, he's been mean to people. Well, what do you think you guys are doing? What do you think you guys do when you get on uh, TV and tell everybody that that Trump is a uh, is is fraud and corrupt and he's doing all this stuff to to take take people's uh, rights away? And you know, I heard uh, I heard uh, you saw that that uh, police officer. Uh, that accidentally uh, went into the wrong apartment and shot that guy uh, in Texas uh, a, a few months ago, and she was on trial and she was convicted of murder, which uh, which I think she probably should have been. Um, it was uh, an accident, but hey, you know what? If you're that dumb, you're texting and walking, doing your uh, doing your phone, and you walk into the wrong apartment, don't even notice it, and you pull out your gun and shoot the guy because you think he's in your apartment when uh, you're in the wrong apartment. Um, Regardless of what down, she needs to she needs to pay for that. But she was clearly re- remorseful, and uh, and the uh, the brother, the brother of the guy who got shot uh, when they went on went on the stand uh, at the sentencing, he said that um, he forgave her, and uh, he knows that his brother probably wouldn't feel the same way. But uh, he he was being a Christian and saying, "Hey, you know what? I don't I don't wish you any any ill or." You know, uh, I wish the best for you and and uh, and Amber, whatever her name, Geiger, I think was her last name, uh, went up, hugged him, and then the at some point the judge, who's a black lady, uh, came down and gave her a hug as well because hey, clearly she made a mistake, but she was clearly remorseful. It wasn't it wasn't with malice that she did it, um, and so you had them forgiving, uh, forgiving them. Hey, you know what? You have to pay for this, but hey, I'm I'm sorry for you. This I know this was a terrible mistake. And the judge, a black lady, gave 
Amber a hug, gave her a hug and say, hey, I understand. I feel bad for you. And uh, but she still sentenced her to 10 years in jail, which I think is probably fitting. Um, but uh, what was it? Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Joy Behar on The View says she's she had to make a comment like, well, if that was a black cop that did that, would she have come down and given her given her a hug? The judge is black. Now we're going to say the judge is 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 prejudiced. She only likes white people. <clears throat> Our country's, our country is in bad shape, folks. We need to get everything back on track. Um, not surprisingly, Warren was noticeably absent from all the tech fundraising, as was uh, Bernie, who was scheduled to come to Riverside instead. Uh, before he uh, instead, before he ended up needing emergency heart surgery. Um, before that, he and Liz lined up uh, their talking points on the plans to tax the wealthy. You got here in New Hampshire and in Vermont, you got people working two or three jobs, and yet 49% of all new income goes to the top 1%. After a lifetime of hard work, everyone in this country is entitled to retire with some dignity. And that means protecting Social Security. I got a plan for that. So, increase payroll taxes on the top 2%. The top 2%, which means people making about $500,000 a year or more, and you're going to increase taxes enough to make sure everybody has a has a nice retirement with Social Security. Hey, Pocahontas, let me tell you something. Social Security is not a comfortable retirement for anybody. So, uh, you know, and everyone's not entitled to live a comfortable retirement because guess what? If you didn't save any of your money, if you blew it, you're buying toys all through your life and you don't save any money. You don't put money in your 401k. You don't do, you don't do anything to think about the future and you get to that, that retirement age and all you have is social security. And maybe you didn't even, if you're self-employed, you didn't even report all your income. So you're not paying any social security. Guess what? You know what you're entitled to? Find a find a, a family member that can put you up. That's it. Because the rest of us paid for that, so we get some benefit from it. And the rest of us saved money, and the rest of us invested money. And you know, and I'm not and I'm not saying, hey, if you didn't save as much as me, you don't deserve as much as me. But that's really the fact. I mean, I saved money, and I still had a I still have a a good life and spend uh, spend money uh, what I want. But I but I focus on at some point I don't want to have to work. So I planned for it and I'm not the only one. There's, there's millions of millions of people that have done that. And for the, for the small few that didn't guess what? You don't get a do over. Oh, well, we'll just do that. Cause we're spending all the money, giving all the free stuff to the illegal immigrants. So anyway, <clears throat> we go on. So, uh, let's go to my last topic. Uh, LA begs Newsom to do his job. Uh, so Los Angeles, I'd say, I say everybody should be begging Newsom to do his job. I think we just need to recall him and there's a recall going on. And I'm going to tell you, uh, in order to, if you haven't signed the, uh, if you haven't signed the, um, the, 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 the bill, the bill, the petition to, uh, recall Newsom, we got to get a million, a million and a half, a million and a half signatures in California by February 17th, I think it is. Um, I think I'm going to print out a bunch of them because they have to be printed on legal paper. It has to be printed just like this and it has to be legible. And I think I'm going to print a bunch of them. And if you want to come by uh, Summit Funding at 23328 Olivewood Plaza, 
Uh, wait till wait till after the weekend because I haven't printed them up yet. But uh, if you want to come by and just uh, come into our uh, lobby and say, "Hey, I'd like," I heard you guys have copies of a petition to sign to recall uh, recall uh, Governor Newsom. I'll have those there. Um, I'll have them available. So if you want to, and I'll get them over to whoever's whoever's collecting them. But we need to uh, we need to because I know I see stuff on Facebook. Hey, we're at Tyler Mall getting signatures. We're here getting signatures. But you know if. I don't go to Tyler Malls very often. I don't go to any malls very often because uh, I just don't like shopping. Um, I just like buying. So, uh, so if you if you're one of those, you need to find out where to get one. Uh, call me at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Just come in to just drop by Summit Funding. It's two three three two eight Olivewood Plaza Drive in Moreno Valley. We back up right to the sixty freeway um, with the big sign. So anyway, uh, so I'll have that available. So uh, this week, officials in Los Angeles began pressuring California Governor Gavin Newsom to do his job, begging him to declare a state of emergency as the city and state grapple with homelessness crisis. L.A. County Supervisor Mark Ridley Thomas and City Councilman. Uh, Joe Buscano drafted a proposal urging Newsom to, de- to declare a state of emergency so that the state and federal money generally reserved for natural disasters could be diverted into projects to fight homelessness. The move would also suspend or streamline some of the legal red tape that has stalled affordable housing and shelter projects. Uh, this is what they said. Homelessness has ballooned into a crisis of seismic proportions uh, outside the control of the city of Los Angeles and the city's uh, and the cities of the state of California. Buscano wrote in his proposal to Newsom, the plight of individuals living on the streets jeopardizes the public health and safety of, of those individuals and imperils the broader citizenry, citizenry of the state of California because they're trashy and they don't clean up and there's rats and all kinds of stuff going on. Here's Newsom's response. Homelessness is a national emergency and demands more than just words. It demands action. Newsom said in his statement, State of California is now doing more than ever before to help local governments fight homelessness, expand proven programs, and speed up rehousing. And just this month, the legislator passed the strongest package of statewide renter and anti-eviction protections in the country, a top priority in this administration that will protect Californians from unfair evictions and rent gouging that have contributed to this crisis. Uh, This is BS, because number one, you could create more housing but someone has to pay for that. Somebody has to pay for it. So somebody has to pay to build it, and then somebody has to pay the payments on it. Or somebody has to pay to rent it. And these homeless people aren't here because because the rent is too high. They're here because the, because some some homeless people just like living that living that lifestyle. They want to just stay on the streets and it's cool. They don't have any responsibilities and no no stress other than, you know, staying uh, dry when it rains. And uh, California has the most free stuff, and California has has the best weather, so that's why they're here. The fact that half of a uh, half of the homeless population in in the country lives in California is not because housing is too expensive. It's because we have the most free stuff, and they're con- and the people in other states are busing them here. As I've said before. So I got a hold of this uh, this letter that uh, Ben Carson sent to uh, Gavin Newsom um, shortly after Trump's visit to California. I'll read I'll read as much of it as I can, dear Governor Newsom, because you know Governor Newsom knows he's not going to get any support from the federal government. So uh, P- President Donald Trump has asked me to respond on his behalf to your letter of September sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, to provide an update on the comprehensive approach that his administration is taking to address the issue of homelessness. I hope you and other leaders throughout your state 
will do more to join us in these efforts, taking action with respect to all the areas outlined in this letter. Almost half of the unsheltered homeless people in the United States are in California, a level about four times as high as California's share of the overall U.S. population. Los Angeles alone is home to 19% of the nation's unsheltered homeless. A recent Council of Economic Advisors report finds that even when controlling for high home prices and mild temperatures, the state's unsheltered homeless population is more than twice as high as expected. There are nearly six times as many single adults living on the streets of California as there are emergency shelter beds targeted to them. The highest such rate in the country, leaving California's homeless unsheltered, unhealthy, and unsafe is human tragedy and unacceptable. Your letter seeks more federal dollars for California from hardworking American taxpayers, but fails to admit that your state and local policies have played a major role in creating the current crisis. If California's homeless population had held in line with the overall population trends, America's homeless rate would have been decreased. Instead, the opposite has happened. California's unsheltered homeless population has skyrocketed as a result of the state's overregulated housing market, its inefficient allocation of resources, and its policies that have weakened law enforcement. An overregulated housing market drives up housing costs and increases homelessness rates. As a result, the cost of federal housing subsidies increases. Taxpayers can support fewer families. High housing costs in California have pushed for an average HUD subsidy per voucher uh, tenant in California 38% higher than the national average. Nearly half of California's poorest households are assisted with their rents through housing choice vouchers, public housing, or project-based housing assistance. Federal taxpayers are clearly doing their part to help solve the crisis. California cannot spend its way out of this problem using federal funds. The recent CEA report notes that it takes 10 permanent supportive housing beds to reduce the homeless population by one person. Therefore, providing 50,000 more housing vouchers targeted to homeless would be expected to decrease California's homeless population by just 4%, 5,000 people. Remarkably, one-third of HUD veterans uh, affairs supporting housing vouchers allocated to California remain unused by the state. More vouchers are clearly not the solution to the state's needs. He goes on and on, compounding the homeless crisis to undercut the ability of police officers to enforce the quality of life laws, remove encampments, and connect our most vulnerable populations with supportive services they need to get them off the streets. Many communities outside of California have developed robust strategies to partner with law enforcement with social workers actively refer homeless individuals to services. California must provide its dedicated police officers and social service workers with the tools they need to protect the communities they serve and are most vulnerable. Um, He goes on, uh, further illegal and inadmissible aliens are increasing housing demand, draining resources instead of protecting the most vulnerable Americans from economic impacts of uh, immigration. California has doubled down on its sanctuary state and city policies and provided uh, benefits to illegal and inadmissible aliens. These policies strain precious resources and reduce housing options for the American citizens, especially the needy and those most likely to become homeless. Um, he goes on and on and basically say the Trump administration is doing its part. California needs to address the obvious local issues with, within its control to help address this catastrophe. When California has shown it's willing to make hard and thoughtful choices to address these issues, the Trump administration stands ready to support its efforts. I look forward to working with you to end the human tragedy of homelessness, particularly unsheltered homelessness in the Golden State. Sincerely, Benjamin S. Carson. Hey, folks, now you know what's going on in the leadership in California Get to some place that has a uh, has a petition to recall Newsom, and let's get this thing done and put maybe we put Travis Allen in there. Anyway, uh, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number nine nine two one, California DRE ID number.
Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of any anything that you want, or anything that you need between now and your final day on Earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, right here on AM 590 The Answer.